Our gospel lesson today, according to the witness of St. Mark, uh, the 10th chapter, beginning at verse 17. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked, and he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last... And the last will be first. Brothers and sisters, this is the gospel of our Lord. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord God, open our minds and bless our hearts as we meditate on your holy word. Uh, Help us this morning to learn more about you and more about ourselves as we think about this encounter between the rich man and your son Jesus. Teach us whatever it is you would have us learn and then help us to apply it in our life and witness as your sons and daughters. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Come follow me, Jesus said to the rich man, and if he had done so, he could have become one of the disciples, right? Because that's the same invitation Jesus gave to the others who were discipled by him. Come follow me, but instead this man walks away, and so we don't know his name. We don't know as much about him as we know about the 12 disciples who did answer that call. But the word gives us enough to have some insight as to who he was and what was going on in his life. First of all, uh, we know that he was um, a very, very devout Jew. He was a man of religion. He'd been devoted to the Ten Commandments his whole life long, ever since his youth, as we hear in Mark's Gospel. We also know that in addition to his religiosity and his observance of the law of Israel, he was eager to meet Christ. He came 
running to meet him. Now, you might not think that counts for much, but let me tell you, uh, he went running. This was not the so slow stroll of some dignified, self-important, wealthy man. He was running to have a personal encounter with this good teacher. And back then, listen, rich people, powerful people, didn't go running for anyone. It was considered to be beneath them, especially to go running to a carpenter's son. Running was for servants and slaves who had to hustle to get their work done. We also know that in addition to his religiosity and his eagerness, he was very sincere. I mean, how many times have you knelt before someone? He knelt before the Lord. And even though he was a man from a high place, a man of great wealth, he was willing to kneel before this uh, working class carpenter's son from the little town of Nazareth. We know he was rich, he was sincere, he was eager, he was religious, and we know that he, like so many, didn't fully understand who it was he was talking with that day. He begins the conversation by saying, you know, good teacher, good rabbi. Like so many, he didn't realize he was standing before God in the flesh. He didn't realize that Jesus is so much more than a wise teacher, an instructor in the good life and uh, right religion. Jesus gives the man a clue. Did you hear it? That he's more than just another itinerant rabbi. Why, why do you call me good? No one's good but God alone. And I would submit to you there's a lesson right there for all of us, especially those of us who seek to love and serve God in times like these. So many people today, maybe your children and grandchildren, maybe your co-workers, have no problem at all acknowledging Jesus as a good teacher, a great teacher. And many of them are just as sincere and just as eager as the man who came running to Jesus that day. But just like that rich man, so many fail to recognize Jesus as the living God, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a philosopher, as so many want to say. He's the Savior of the world. We need to recognize this cultural reality this context as we seek to do mission in the world today, which is, say it with me, to lead people to Christ. I said, say it with me, to lead people to Christ. It is our goal not to lead them to simply a better teacher than the one they prefer now. And we don't make it our aim to help folks see that Jesus is wiser than the people um, whose books they buy and read or whose programs they watch on TV. Jesus, of course, is a better teacher and is wiser than any earthly authority. But Jesus is more. Jesus is God. And we witness to that truth unapologetically and faithfully, even in times like these. The rich man came seeking Jesus' advice as a worldly teacher, but not as God in the flesh who would go on to die on a cross 
for the sins of the world, including the sin of the rich man. He had done such a great job obeying the Ten Commandments, but he lacked one thing, didn't he? Jesus said so. Our Lord knew exactly what was lacking in his life and faith and religion. And Jesus always knows what is lacking in us. God knows everything there is to know about us. Did you hear those words in the confession? You know, from whom no secrets are hid. And it's not because we say to the Lord, well, Lord, I've got some secrets and now I'm going to let you see them. Take a look. No, God sees through us and he knows exactly what's going on in our hearts and in our homes and in our relationships. We may be uh, good, decent, law-abiding people. We may be model citizens to those who observe us. But Jesus knows us to the core of our being. He knows your secrets and he knows mine. He knows what's really going on in our hearts, our heads, and our homes. He knows how we spend our time when no one else is looking. And he knows, just like he knew about that rich man, what we love the most. And he knows if we love him above all, or if we, like so many, are willing to make a little room for church and religion when we find it convenient. You see, Jesus knew what the rich man loved most of all. Yeah, he was sincere. Boy, was he eager. He'd obeyed the Ten Commandments. But he loved his stuff, his wealth, and his position, possessions more than anything else. So, you know, Jesus gets right to the heart of the matter. Yeah, you're a great guy. You've got all kinds of good things going on, but you lack one thing. Go sell what you own, give the money to the poor, You'll have great treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And when he heard this, the rich man was shocked. And he went away grieving because he had a lot of stuff. Now, look carefully with me. Meditate on what comes next at the beginning of verse 23. Jesus sees the man he loved walk away. And he says to the disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom. And the disciples were perplexed. We're going to get to that in a minute. Why why would they be perplexed at these words? Jesus understands their perplexity and says, It's hard to enter the kingdom. Easier for a camel to go through the little eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom. And that didn't help. The disciples were now even more perplexed, greatly astounded. Well, Jesus, if that's the way that things work, who can be saved? What's going on there? Well, the disciples were perplexed and greatly astounded because here's conventional wisdom in the time of Christ. People thought the rich folks, those who had all the good stuff this side of heaven, uh, were wealthy and had all those possessions because they had done enough to receive God's favor. And at the same time, they thought, Those who were poor, those who were sickly, those who were just scratching to make a living were poor and deserved their punishment and their affliction because of God's judgment against them. So now you can get inside the heads of those perplexed disciples. 
So when Jesus says it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom, you know, their world was rocked. Their worldview was, was changed. So Jesus says, yeah, uh, the uh, economics of the kingdom of God are different. Where uh, first will be last and last will be first. So here's some important things I think all of us should take away from today's reading and think on in the coming days. First of all, Mark tells us that Jesus looked at the rich man and he loved him. Jesus knew that he didn't fully comprehend who he was kneeling before. Jesus knew that he was attached more to his money and his things than he should be, but, but Jesus loved him anyway. And it's the same for all the rest of us sinners. Jesus loves us. He wants to rock our world. He wants to shake things up. And unlike the rich man, he wants us to see and comprehend and love him for who he truly is. You know, not just a good teacher, but the one who came to save us from ourselves. So the rich man walked away from Jesus. Well, let's not be too hard on him. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many times have we uh, walked away from a situation where we knew what God wanted us to do, but we found it too embarrassing, too inconvenient, too difficult, too demanding? But Jesus stands ready and willing, full of love and grace to welcome us home, to welcome us back when we repent and come seeking his mercy as we'll do today at the table of the Lord. Secondly, note this well. Our Lord did not say it is impossible for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. But he did say it can be tough. It can be difficult. Why? Because rich people and any of us actually can become more attached and devoted to the things of this world than we are to God. So maybe we need to ask some hard questions of ourselves this morning. Is there anything in our um, life that we might be loving more than God? Is it your antique car? Is it your art collection? Is it your motorcycle? Oh, your second home? Your wardrobe? Your reputation? Jesus knows who or what you love the most, and he knows the same about me. And he wants us to love him most of all. And then thirdly, the rich man indeed walked away from Jesus that day when they met and had their conversation. And did you hear the disciples, you know, kind of bragging about themselves? Well, he didn't do what you asked, but look, we've given up everything to follow you. We've, we've sacrificed so much. But in the end, ha, they're just like the rich man. Because when Jesus was arrested, they all walked away. They all turned their backs. Peter didn't even want to be associated with Christ. I don't know him. All that happened, as you know, when Christ went to Jerusalem that final time to be crucified, abandoning Jesus to religious authorities and Pontius Pilate to be crucified. But Jesus' love 
And when he saw those disciples for the first time after the resurrection, he didn't scold them or admonish them. What did he say? Peace be with you. <sighs> he breathed on them. In Hebrew, it's a great word. Ruha. You can't say breathe in Hebrew without breathing. Ruha. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus alone, with everyone walking away, went the way of the cross, not just to get our attention, but to offer the perfect, priceless sacrifice in payment for our sins, even the sins some of us might have of loving things more than we love the Lord. We're not saved by the commandments we keep. If so, the, the rich man would have had it made. We're not even saved by how much of our wealth we give away. But we're saved by the blood of Jesus. And when we come to this understanding of the gospel of grace, when we come to this faith, this hope, this right understanding, God has his way with us. And we cannot help but love Jesus more than anything or anyone else in the world. God give to you, and I pray that God would give to me this kind of love and this kind of faith. Amen.